From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. All right, let's turn our attention right now to food and the health of the restaurant sector. Chipotle Mexican Grill, among the biggest outperformers in the S&P Restaurants Index, shares up more than 50% year to date. And a big question going forward right now as to how much further that rally can go and what actually drives it. Who better to talk to than the CEO and chairman of Chipotle, Brian Nickel, uh, joining us right now here on the big program. Brian, uh, great to have you back here. And let's get right to it. Uh, We talk about dining trends, and we know they shift kind of from month to month and year to year obviously, depending on economic conditions. When you take a look at economic conditions right now, do you see any material impact in what's going to happen inside your stores? Yeah, you know, we continue to see a really healthy consumer that uh, continues to come to Chipotle. And I'm happy to say that I think our restaurants are better staffed, better deployed, and, you know, we've got our culinary right on point. So as guests show up, uh, you know, we believe we're giving them great customized uh, meals that they want, and uh, we continue to see strength really across all income cohorts. I am curious about a pricing and really the value proposition that uh, fast casual and fast food restaurants have for a lot of consumers out there. Uh, you've raised prices several times over the last couple of years, at least four times on your major items here. And I'm wondering, do you feel like you're going to get to, I guess, sort of that breaking point where you feel like that this is just as much as the consumer is willing to take, or is there more room for you to maneuver? Yeah, so, you know, the way we look at that, Roy, is we, we always are trying to evaluate our value proposition. Um, specifically, do consumers feel great about what they're paying for what they're getting from Chipotle? And what we've seen over and over again is the brand continues to be really strong from a value proposition standpoint. So um, currently, uh, we've, seen, we've got some of the best value ratings from our customers that we've had, frankly, in a long time. Uh, and then when we look at where our pricing is relative to the alternative to have the same quality culinary, uh, we find ourselves to be at a significant discount relative to those alternatives. So, you know, we see time and time again, people are saying, hey, look, to get this great chicken burrito or chicken bowl or, you know, barbacoa quesadilla, uh, they feel like, hey, the $10, $15, you know, if you've got guac and chips, um, as part of your meal, mm-hmm. uh, they feel like it's a tremendous value because of the customization, the speed, the caliber of the culinary. Um, they feel really good about what they're getting from Chipotle. Well, thank you for framing how you're thinking about it. Have you decided how much you'll raise prices by next year? You know, we have not uh, made a decision on that yet. Uh, you know, we've got an estimate of where we think uh, kind of food costs will be next year and where we think our labor inflation will be. And right now we're estimating that's kind of like in the mid single digits. Mm -hmm. Uh, We always kind of like to see how the year unfolds and then we make a decision on our pricing. Uh, Historically, you know, in normal environments, uh, you know, we usually take about one to three percent pricing a year. 
Um, but we've not made any decisions yet for next year. Okay, and it should be noted that uh, Chipotle is headquartered in Newport Beach, California. I'm curious, um, given that state's new minimum wage law, how much more prices would need to increase in California because of that? Yeah, look, that's uh, that's one that we'll obviously have to address. Um, you know, currently uh, we're in like the $17, $18 uh, wage range. So obviously with this moving to $20, it puts some additional inflation in the state of California. We've got about 10, 15 percent of our restaurants here. Um, we haven't made any decisions yet, but I'm assuming uh, pricing will probably have to be part of the puzzle in order to handle some of that inflation. Uh, but obviously, we first look to what are other places where we can get more efficiency, mm. other ways for us to grow around it. But, uh, you know, with that type of move in such a short order, I'm assuming probably pricing will have to be part of the equation. I, I am curious about uh, some of the menu offerings and whether we can expect something new. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've known there's been so much talk about why Chipotle doesn't do breakfast in the way that uh, the other fast casual restaurants do. I'm sure you're tired of hearing that. But there is a growth story that investors want to see. And they want to see that, OK, something new is maybe going to come down the pipeline uh, that they can maybe think will be uh, an aid in profitability. Yeah, look, you know, uh, I, I will tell you, I, I've had our chorizo with eggs, and uh, it does make a fabulous breakfast burrito. <laughs> we, we have no plans right now, though, to do breakfast. There, there's so much opportunity to grow in our lunch, afternoon, and dinner day parts. Uh-huh. You know, right now, we're closing in about $3 million average unit volumes. We see no reason why we can't get to $4 million, uh, just winning in those day parts. So significant growth from where we are today just by executing what I say is great throughput operationally. And why is that so important? Because one of the things that's unique about Chipotle is just how fast we can get you a customized, high-caliber culinary-created meal. And we see time and time again that when we execute the fundamentals of great culinary, great throughput, we are rewarded with more business. And we're seeing that play out in our most recent quarter, and we continue to believe that that's the right focus going yeah. forward. So you'll see us do things like, right now we're doing carne asada. Yeah. We'll probably bring back a chicken al pastor, yeah. uh, have some nice menu innovation. But look, the, the name of the game for us is build more restaurants uh-huh. and grow the lunch, afternoon, and dinner day parks through great throughput. You gotcha. Talk about uh, expansion here. I mean, just yesterday we were talking about, I guess, one of your quasi-competitors, if you will, with McDonald's announcing some pretty big expansion Ooh. plans, as well as some big uh, changes to uh, the insides of their stores as well. I am curious. I mean, you guys have had a pretty aggressive expansion, at least aggressive by uh, what Wall Street, I think, had expected here. Is that going to continue? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we only have 3,300, 3,400 restaurants right now in the United States, and there's no reason why we can't have 7,000 plus. So uh, we're going to continue to grow. But in what time frame, Brian? You know, look, I think one of the things we've really focused on is making sure that we open the number of restaurants that support our people capability. So we've given guidance for next year that we'll do, you know, 285 to 315 new restaurants. And we've also shared we want to grow about 8 to 10 percent a year. So, you know, when you start adding that up, you can see we're going to have nice growth every year. We're going to make sure we've got the people capability to open those restaurants successfully, mm-hmm. get great unit economics and then grow our way to, you know, 7,000 plus restaurants just in the United States. And we're just getting started outside the United States. Right. So, you know, that number doesn't even take into account what I think we are going to be capable to do outside the United States down the road. 
So as you expand, I'm curious how you're incorporating one of the buzziest themes out there, which is AI, into your processes. Uh, at McDonald's, for instance, just to throw an example out there, they're using AI to train employees, give instructions on how to use or repair equipment, or using AI in drive-through ordering, which actually has been less successful. What have you found works for Chipotle? Yeah, you know, look, where we've used this is more in the in, in the space of forecasting correctly. And the reason why that's so important is, you know, we do fresh prep every day. And when we get the forecast right, our teams then are set up with the right amount of prep in the morning so that they have a great lunch business. And then we come back and do additional prep for dinner. And one of the places that we've seen this really benefit us is being sharper on our ability to forecast what's going to happen that day so that our teams are prepared and they create the fresh food correctly in the morning so we're ready to go. Uh, so that's one place. The other place that we've really invested is more probably in robotics to make the job easier. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into making our hand-mashed guacamole every day. So yeah. we're working on a product right now to cut, core, and scoop the fruit so that then all our teams have to do is add, you know, the jalapeno, the cilantro, the lime juice, mash it up, a little red onion, yeah. and now you've got guacamole. And mm. saving time, um, that is a huge win. And then also, by the way, the process of cutting, coring, scooping the avocado, that, that's a hard process. Absolutely. And, you know, if we can find solutions um, where it makes the job easier, sets our teams up to be successful at lunch, uh, we want to invest in those things and bring those things forward. Brian, before we let you go, I have to ask you about Ozempic and what kind of impact you're currently seeing from the class of weight loss drugs. Yeah, we're, we're not seeing any impact. And actually, as we've understood the way the drug works, I think Chipotle's positioned uh, really well for those folks that end up on that drug. You know, our food is clean. Our food is uh, customizable so you can get exactly the portioning that you want as well as the build that you want. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think we're well positioned uh, for folks that choose to use the drug. But to late to date, we really haven't seen any meaningful impact. All right. That is a headline right there. Brian, thank you so much. Brian Nickel is chairman and CEO of Chipotle Mexican Grill. Uh, not seeing any impact from Ozempic. And maybe they'll use AI and robotics to help mash and create guacamole, which does sound pretty good right now. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.